Well, I'm really excited about bringing the Word of God to you today, uh, the next in my series called I Am The Church, and I trust it's blessing you, it's blessing me, the kind of church that we're pulling together here in Stanthorpe in the midst of a pandemic when we join back together in person. It's just going to keep momentum happening, marching forward in the name of Jesus because we're victorious, because he's gone before us. Jesus has gone before us and won the victory. So I'm excited to be part of the church in these days. And so it really is time for us to consider impacting our world now more than ever. The season calls for it. We need to be impacting the world for Jesus today, right now, in our space, in our sphere of influence, whether that's one or two people, whether that's hundreds of people. You don't have to be an evangelist to impact the world. Just be the hands and feet of Jesus. Show kindness towards one another. Love towards one another. Reach out to your community. And we're going to be doing that in a powerful way before the year's out. And I can't wait to share with you what's on my heart when it comes to a revolution of kindness to uh, impact Stanthorpe. So get ready for that when we gather back together. You know, impact is the striking of one thing against another. Boom, impact. Uh, It means to have influence or an effect or to alter. That's what I mean when I say we need to have an impact on our world because we need to change it for the better. We need to have an effect, not allow the world to affect us, but we should be world changers. Let's take a look at a video that's going to set up this message today. For those listening to the audio of this message and who couldn't see the video that we were just able to see together, uh, the video was encouraging us that Christ's death and resurrection means we are invited to join God in his plan to redeem this broken world. What a great opportunity we have to become part of that plan and be used by God. 
It's not just a wishful idea like a kid who has a big dream only to grow up and be told, oh, welcome to the real world, kid. It's a call to every follower of Christ, every follower of Jesus to come and change the world together. And the video ends with this challenge. It's said on the screen, are you willing to trust God? Are you willing to dream again? Are you willing to change the world? And so today's message is literally called Impact Changing the World. And I trust you're on board with this message today, Vineyard Christian Church in Stanthorpe, because we want to be a church that is of impact in our region, that people would say yes to Jesus right across the granite belt, because God's placed a church, a people, uh, in the midst of its community that are passionate, that are excited, and that want to see people turn to Jesus in these last days. You see, the cross of Jesus has impacted mankind more than any other event in human history. There's been some amazing things happen across time, but nothing quite as amazing as Christ. Uh, you must understand the beginning to get the end. And in the beginning of the book of Genesis, in chapter 3, we see the impact of Adam and Eve and their decision to sin. And it impacts the world forever. Uh, it brought sin into the world and into the human race. Uh, and we were enslaved and the devil had taken dominion. Uh, but God has a plan. Aren't you glad that our God has a plan? I know I am. Uh, God invested his very best in his son Jesus into the earth. And out of the investment of Jesus, we talked about it last week, there was a massive impact, a massive return on that investment. Many people choosing to follow Christ. The greatest impact was made through the cross. And I just want you to, in the today, right in the chat as I'm preaching this today, God has a plan. God has a good plan. He's got an awesome plan. He has a victorious plan. Just type it in the chat right now as I bring you this message today. We're going to explore the impact and examine the impact of the cross today. What a significant event. And we're going to look at that initially by reading from the book of Isaiah. It's on the screen there, but you can follow along with your Bibles at home. Uh, chapter 53, verses 1 to 6, and it says this, Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of the dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Can we pray this morning? Would you bow your heads? Father God, we thank you for Jesus. Lord, we thank you that uh, at this place, at this time right now, we can examine the impact of the cross on the Christian life. Lord, we are amazed at what you did through Jesus Christ. You allowed us to be forgiven. You allowed us to be redeemed. You allowed us to be renewed so that we could be of impact on this planet. 
So Father God, right now, speak to us, encourage us, give us a fresh revelation of the impact that the cross has had on our life. And Lord, we ask you to just breathe on this word. Speak through me, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's the first thing. The cross has impacted us with forgiveness. Wow. Aren't you glad you're forgiven? (laughs) Even for what we did yesterday, even for what we've done this morning or before we've sat down to watch this, we've done something that perhaps we regret Uh, We've done the wrong thing. We've made a poor choice. Aren't you glad you're forgiven? Isaiah 53, particularly verses 5 and 6. We just read it, but it says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. You see, Jesus became sin for us. Wow. I don't think we could ever uh, gloss over the power in that. Um, when you've been a Christian for a long time, maybe it's easy. Oh, well, I know Jesus you know, became sin. I know he took my place. I know, I know, I know. But wow, when you sit and think about it and just have that awe and wonder of what God did through his son for us, so undeserved, you know, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. What an opportunity we are given because of what he did for us. You know, the perfect God-man became sin for us. He voluntarily took on the sins of humanity. And he was the fulfillment of prophecy In the Old Testament, Jesus is incredible what he's done for us. And he paid the price in two ways. The scripture says he was wounded and he was bruised. You know, to be wounded is something that is outwardly visible. If I was to wound my arm, you'd see a cut or you'd see a gash or you'd see something. That would be my wound. But then he was bruised. And it's something that's not always visible. In fact, a bruise is a sign of inward trauma that has risen to the surface. And so Jesus wasn't only wounded, and you could see it physically, his whipping, his lashing, his, the beating that he took, but he was bruised. And so we don't even get a glimpse of what's going on inside because you can't see it. But can you, imen- can you imagine the mental anguish, the, the anxiety, the, the, the trauma inward that Jesus Christ had to endure, and he did endure, and he conquered it. But can you imagine the things that we don't see? It's easy to see the wounds and not as easy to see the bruises. Jesus was wounded and bruised for two things. Transgressions. Transgressions are something that can be seen on the outside. Uh, It's sin made manifest. It's something that we do that people can physically see. But then iniquity, if you go to the Greek word for iniquity, it's adikia, which comes from the word addiction. And those things are hidden beneath the surface. You know, there's inherent weaknesses in the soul for a particular sin or sins that we inherit perhaps from our forefathers, passed down from generation to generation. You've probably heard the term, you know, a generational curse or or that kind of thing. Here's the point. You don't have to be like everybody else in your family who has struggled 
in your family over a particular issue. You don't have to struggle with that same thing that your father and then your father's father. You don't have to deal with that. The cross has given you power to be forgiven and set free. And I declare over people listening to this right now who feel like they have a generational curse over them, I break that curse in the name of Jesus because Jesus is victorious over sin. And so you can conquer that thing that challenges you, that challenged your parents, your parents' parents. You can conquer that with the power of Jesus Christ. Trust in him and he will help you overcome. Amen. The cross has impacted us and it brings us forgiveness and it cancels or, or, or for, he forgets our sins. Our sins are like they're no more because they've been covered by the blood of Jesus. The fact that Jesus was wounded and bruised for you releases you from the condemnation of sin. Amen and hallelujah. So that's the, f- the first thing. The second thing is that the cross impacts us with healing. Isaiah 53 verses 4 and 5 says, Surely he bore our griefs, surely, church, surely, and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Now I know it's hard for some people to read those scriptures and believe them when they've lost a loved one. My heart goes out towards the Hindley family. It's about a year now since lovely Kylie passed away. And and our hearts go out to you as a family, as a church family, because we can only imagine. I mean, we have our own grief with Anita's mum getting taken so young in a car accident, her dad getting taken so quickly by cancer. But I dare not compare the grief. You know, grief is grief and different families have to face that in their own unique way. But I just pray that the peace of God right now would be around the Hindley family, around Beth and Bruce. And Lord, that you would just send your presence to be around them, to fill them with that joy again in that difficult, grieving moment. Father God, that you would bring comfort somehow, uh, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. There's three kinds of healing I want to touch on that the Holy Spirit brings uh, through what Jesus has done on the cross. Uh, And the first is emotional healing. You know, Jesus understands emotional trauma. I think he went through the height of it as he walked towards being nailed on his own cross. Then, not just the walk of shame, but then he was hung naked and was humiliated while he was on the cross. Uh, That's some significant emotional trauma to endure. Jesus' mind and his emotions were so ravaged that he began to sweat drops of blood. Wow. He was emotionally impacted. Isaiah 61 Uh, Verses 1 to 3 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Here it is. There it is. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me uh, because the Lord has anointed me to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. God wants to put a garment of praise on you again. And and I just pray that whatever it is, you're facing, whatever that situation is that brings you grief, hurt, disappointment, that you would go to God and you would ask him for that garment of praise again, that he would lift up your head again, that he would encourage you 
again, in the midst of your sadness, your mourning, your depression, your anxiety, whatever it is that you're facing, God promises the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Turn to Jesus in the middle of your trauma and allow him to bring healing to your emotions in Jesus' name. Uh, the, The next healing is physical healing, perhaps the more apparent because you can see it with your eyes. You know, Jesus' stripes on his back bought our healing. Jesus' ministry was marked with demonstrations of physical healing. Uh, and 1 Peter 2.24 and Matthew 8.17, we're going to look at them in a second, but they quote Isaiah to affirm healing. 1 Peter 2.24, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we have died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. And then Matthew 8, 17, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. God wants to bring not just emotional healing and healing what the bruising that's on the inside of our hearts, but he wants to bring that physical healing as well. And then the last kind of healing is relational healing. Restored relationships with God. You know, what relationship do you need to work at restoring? Uh, Who have you had a dispute with, a disagreement with? Uh, Make it right. Let me encourage you. Make it right because it will do wonders for you. Not just the person that you're making it right with, but probably more so you. And I've preached on that before, how forgiveness releases you more than it releases the person who did something bad to you. Uh, Unforgiveness binds up your heart and then you will struggle Uh, mentally, emotionally, physically, because you're so holding on to that unforgiveness and anger. And the person that you're angry at's more or less moved on from whatever the situation was. So let me encourage you, who do you need to forgive today? And and seriously, take it serious. Don't just fob it off and go, ah, meh, whatever. Uh, You need to fix that situation. God wants to bring relational healing. He wants you to restore your relationship with him, firstly, and then restored relationship with each other. Uh, and that begins with us humbling ourselves, uh, acknowledging that we need a saviour, we need God, and acknowledging that we need to forgive someone, whoever that is. Uh, Matthew 22, verses 37 to 40, it gives us two great commandments. And I've got it there on the screen. It says, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God, God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Wow, that makes it two pretty key commandments. If all the law and the prophets hang on those two things. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Restore your relationship with him today. You'll get an opportunity to raise your hand at the end of this message. And even if you've been a Christian for countless years, perhaps you're in a position today where you need to click that button and raise your hand and say, you know what, God, I need to restore my relationship with you. And I'm sorry for not living life uh, in a way that keeps me close to you. Uh, And then secondly, love the Lord your God with all your heart and then love your neighbor as yourself. Fix that relationship, whatever's going on, Bring restoration. Uh, Be humble. Go and apologize. Do what you need to do to make things right. So the cross has impacted us with forgiveness. It's impacted us with healing. Here's the third thing that the cross impacts us with. It's our ability to be free. 
Uh, Galatians 2 verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Uh, We can be free from ourselves. Often it's ourselves that binds us up. Did you realize that? You know, the cross has freed you from yourself. You don't need to be bound up anymore. Most people defeat themselves before anybody else can. You've probably heard that saying, we're our own worst enemy. It's so true because we bind ourselves up. We're hard on ourselves. We put ourselves down in such a way that that binds us up and holds us back from all that we're to be walking into simply because we're so hard on ourselves. You know, the self-talk of fear, the self-talk of doubt, the self-talk of unbelief, all this language that comes out of our mouth into our minds, we bind ourselves up more than anything else. Uh, Here's the other thing that we can be free from. We can be free from the enemy. The cross has defeated the devil once and for all. Hebrews 2.14, I've got it there, says that through the death, Jesus might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. Jesus conquered sin and death. The enemy has no hold over you. Don't be that person who says, oh, the enemy's really got a hold of me today, or there's a real cloud of darkness over my life today. No way. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, you are more than a conqueror. You are victorious. You don't walk in that space where the enemy has a stronghold in your life because he is under your feet and and you stand on him as if he's under your feet. He has no power and authority over you. You are a child of the Most High God. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. God thought amazing things even before you were born about you. And so you are valuable. You are precious. And now you've got me riled up, church. I'm just really passionate about this, that people get a grip of this. The enemy has no stronghold over you if you have surrendered your life to Jesus because you are a child of the Most High God. And you now have the authority to say he is under my feet and he is not holding me back in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. 1 John 3 verse 8. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. He is defeated, church. He is under our feet and he is destroyed. His plans are thwarted and he is going to lose. And he's just trying to bring down as many people as he can to that loser position because he knows he's lost. Don't succumb to the lies and the deceit of the enemy. He is defeated. He is conquered. And surrender your life to Jesus and be victorious over all his works in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be free to live life. Why? Because John 10.10, a lot of us know John 10.10, For the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But I have come, this is Jesus saying this, that to give your life and life more abundantly. Let's live the abundant, God-filled life that we've been designed to live. Amen. The cross of Jesus Christ has given us real life. Jesus said he came to give us life and life more abundantly. So there's more of it for you. Just tap in to this God-filled journey and allow him to breathe on your life and experience the abundance that he has for you. The cross has impacted us in so many ways. It's impacted us with forgiveness. It's impacted us with healing. It impacts our ability to be free. And I'm so glad we can live the free life, not because of anything we've done or anything that we deserve, but everything that Jesus Christ has done for us. 
Here's the fourth and the last thing. The cross impacts our future. If you understand the power of the cross, your future is changed forever. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. God is thinking those incredibly powerful and positive thoughts towards you. The cross literally changes our future. You know, we have an eternal future in heaven. That's worth celebrating. That's worth looking forward to. That's why when you go to a Christian funeral, there's just such a different atmosphere to a funeral that is of unbelievers. I've run both. I've been part of conducting both kinds of services. And it doesn't matter how much life I try and bring to the unbelieving service of a funeral service. Uh, it's so challenging because they are mourning, deep mourning, like sadness, because they have no hope of where that person's gone. But then you go to a Christian funeral. And I'm not saying it's all peaches and cream. We still mourn because we miss the person that was once here. But there's just something different when you know where they are because of the choices that they've made in their life. There's something different. There's a hope. There's this little glimmer of hope in the midst of the morning, knowing that they are in a better place. We have an eternal future in heaven, folks, and that's worth being excited about. We have a future of hope and faith. The cross changes our outlook completely. We see things in such a different way. I don't see my life getting worse. I see my life getting better because we're on a journey all the time of improvement. You don't surrender your life to Jesus and have the perfect life. But what you do have is the outlook of faith. Well, all things work together for good for those that love Christ Jesus. It may not look like it right now. I might be in a really sad place, a place of disappointment, whatever it is. But things are going to get better because there is a hope. There is a glimmer of hope in Christ. I don't see my life being hopeless, but I see it filled with hope. I don't focus on the problems, but I focus on the possibilities. And that's what we're so great at doing as Christian people. We've got to look at things not as, oh, there's another problem, oh, there's another challenge, or there's another thing we can't overcome. But look at the possibilities that this situation opens up down the track. What do they say? Uh, when you've got lemons, make lemonade. Uh, it's such a popular saying. You know what I mean. There's always a possibility of a better life, even if what you're facing right now is challenging and difficult. I want to conclude today. We've got to acknowledge by faith the power of the cross. I just really feel in my spirit that there are seasoned Christians watching this today or listening to this today, whenever you're looking at it, whether it's live Sunday morning, 9am service, or whether you're watching it uh, on repeat later on from our website uh, on demand. I just feel that there's people today that have to acknowledge by faith, faith again, the power of the cross. Take by faith the power of the cross and apply it to your life. That's what I believe people are going to do today, many people. And ask God for a fresh impact of the cross in your life. Because when we receive Christ and understand his impact on our lives, that's when we have the ability to change the world for the better. And that's what this message is all about, impacting the world for Jesus. And we can only do that when we have a fresh revelation of who Jesus is. Let's not be the 
you know, the ancient Christians. I mean, I've been saved myself since I was 17 and I'm turning 44 this year. So do the math. Uh, a long time. <laughs> uh, don't be that seasoned Christian that says, oh, I'm all good. I've, I've done that. That's for someone else. This is for everybody to have a fresh revelation of who Jesus is so that we can impact our world. Now is the time, folks. Look around you. Open your eyes. The world is in a very pivotal position right now. People are hungry and it's our opportunity to be an impact. But before we can be an impact, we need to allow the revelation of the cross to impact us afresh once again. And people are going to allow that to happen today. I can sense it. Uh, You can click on the link in the chat right now, raise hand. And I'm just believing for many people, uh, whether you're a Christian already or not, that today you are going to respond. I'm looking for a response from you today. You know, type in the chat, you know, I'm responding, I'm responding, I'm responding. So that the Holy Spirit can come and fill you afresh with that revelation and that excitement, that impact that comes through what Jesus has done on the cross for you and I. You know, Romans 10 verse 9, we, we show it every week, uh, most weeks when I'm, when I'm sharing. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's impact, folks. That's understanding the power of the cross. And that's what I'm asking every listener today to consider. Would you allow the cross to impact you again? Would you click on raise hand right now? Even if you're a seasoned Christian, and don't be shy. Just click on it. You can connect further with our church if you want to. Um, it's up to you if you want to connect with us so that we can help you on your journey as a Christian. Uh, but even if you're a seasoned Christian, just respond right now. I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to respond, to consider your response to the power of the cross, the fact that Jesus died to take away the sin of the world. He took our place on the cross of Calvary so that we could be free from sin. And so would you just pray this prayer with me? Click on the raise hand, but pray this prayer. Everyone out loud together, say this. Dear Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I thank you that you died on the cross to give me a new life. I acknowledge the impact of the cross on me. It's made me free from sin. All the wrong things I've ever done. I am now free. So I choose to make you my Lord. And I ask you to lead me and guide me. All of my days. I'm now a Christian. And I have been impacted By the power of the cross today. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. My prayer and my heart is that many people just said that prayer. Many people have clicked on raise hand. And many people have been impacted afresh by the power of the cross today. Can I pray with you just as I come to a close? Father God, I thank you for your church. I thank you for your people who have responded today. And Lord, I thank you for the impact of the cross on our lives. I'm just praying, Father God, that a fresh impact 
from the Holy Spirit would hit people right now, even as I pray uh, in faith, God, we're not together in person, but through the realm of online, I thank you that your Holy Spirit is in every single home that is watching this right now. And I pray that people would be touched by the power of your Holy Spirit, Father God, that you would just bring such impact to our hearts and to our lives. Transform us, Father God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that we may be your witnesses and that we may be powerful, that we may impact this world for Jesus. Equip us and empower us, I pray today, with all that we need. Fresh revelation, I pray, a fresh touch from your Holy Spirit. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, Vineyard Live is finished for today. Trust you enjoyed the service. Uh, not long till we're back together. Couple of weeks till our first fruits offering, and and wow, people have already given towards first fruits, which is just blowing my mind that you are such a generous church. So God bless you. Have a fantastic rest of your Sunday or week or whenever you're watching this. Enjoy your day. Uh, if you're part of the live stream now, our Zoom foyer is open. Click on the link. Uh, put in the chat there, and we'd love to see you and say hello and pray together and just enjoy each other's company just for a short time. So click on the Zoom link and join us. Uh, We'd love to see you. Have a fantastic rest of your day, week, whenever it is. It's so hard when you're online because you can't say Sunday because some people are tuning in on Monday. But that's okay. Be blessed whatever day it is because God is good. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen.